Next on BYU Sports Nation, the 2014 roadmap to football glory all lined up. The Cougars Gridiron Tour coming to a city near you. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo is in the house. Which series he's most proud of and an update on the BYU bowl game situation. Plus, free Jimmer. It appears the Sacramento Kings may just do that. What's next for the all-time leading scorer in BYU history as he continues a rocky NBA journey? Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Bring it on Tuesday, February 25th. I'm Spencer Linton alongside breakfast cereal connoisseur, Jerem Jordan. Mm. Wherever and however you may be listening. Did you bring some to the studio? Great to have you along for the ride. I have Frosted Flakes here. Do you? I don't have Cinnamon Pass Light. Pass them over here, which man. Which was heavily discussed yesterday, however. It's Jimmer Fredette's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Jimmer! 25 years young. Some gi- not a menace to society. Some Jimmerlicious news to get things rolling. Adrian Wojnarowski of Yahoo Sports, really one of the NBA insiders, says Yahoo sources have confirmed Sacramento is close on finalizing a buyout agreement with guard Jimmer Fredette. All right, get Tra- him out of there. Translation, Jimmer would then become a free agent and very likely picked up by another NBA team in the near future. Probably a team that needs a shooter. Probably a playoff team, I would guess. Now this is interesting because James Hamm, blog beat writer for the Kings with Cowbell Kingdom, tweeted a moment ago that uh, he he's being told that the Kings will not buy him out and waive him today. So this is interesting. So we have the Kings but beat writer. He's he, he's credible with the Kings, but Adrian's the man. Adrian! He's the man in the NBA. If he some, says something, it happens. So I, I believe what he's saying and expect Fredette tomorrow to be bought out and waived and he can do whatever. This is fantastic news. And, and you brought it up, Jerem. Best birthday ever for Jimmer. Yes. Happy birthday. Get out of Sacramento. If indeed this is the truth and it comes to fruition, which if Adrian Wojnarowski, Wojnarowski, Kuchiwuski, uh, says it, I mean, he's, he's kind of, when you look at the NFL guys, Adam Schefter, Chris Mortensen, uh, John Extremely Clayton, credible. He, he's, he's that guy. He is that guy. So when he says something, it's probably happening. He also said that that Jimmer was super close to signing a deal with Denver. We'll have more on the fallout of this in just a little bit. Uh, Jeremy, I need to remind you, Bracket Matrix update. BYU College basketball. They're in the tournament and even closer to not being on the bubble. Not being on the bubble. They've climbed up a spot. Fantastic. Yes, they have climbed up, climbed up a spot, and they didn't even play yesterday. St. John's, kind of the last team to get Woo-hoo! in right now. Minnesota, and then BYU. Tournament Express. So here's, here's teams to pay attention to tonight that are on the bubble, that if they lose, this can help BYU. Dayton at St. Joseph's. Both teams on the bubble in the Atlantic 10. Xavier at St. John's, a Big East matchup. Both on the bubble. And then Iowa is at Minnesota. Iowa's in, Minnesota's on the bubble. So those are the five teams to watch tonight. Here's what we know. The Bracket Matrix compiles 82 different brackets nationwide. BYU is the third to last team in among all those brackets per average. They have an RPI of 31. 28 strength of schedule. Did not play last night, yet received a favorable move up in the Bracket Matrix. And they went in, They uh, 13 brackets included them for the first time yesterday. 
They went from 51 to 64 of the 82 yesterday. Wow. Momentum. All of that said, BYU in a great position. Just keep yes. winning. If you don't beat San Diego, none of this matters. Just keep winning. Control what you have in front of you, what you can control, and that is San Diego on Saturday. If the Cougs keep winning and get to the West Coast Conference Tournament after winning 8 of 9 in the back half of conference play, wow. Bring on the Rebels. I mean, the WCC. Join our Twitter conversation by using the hashtag BYUSN. That gives BYU fans a 24-7 avenue to link up across BYU Sports Nation. Have your say wherever Whenever. Take, for example, our friend of the show at Laser Sheep, who tweeted this at us after Blaine Fowler gave us his secret to a long life and great wisdom. Laser Sheep says, I did, in fact, stop and pick up some cinnamon life yes. yesterday. Yes. Hashtag wisdom squares. <laughs> there was a debate yesterday about cinnamon life and, and regular life. Regular life. And you said regular life is terrible. Yeah, not a fan. Cinnamon, cinnamon's way better. But so many people eat regular. I bet that there are more boxes you know what, of regular life sold. For sure, for sure. The end. <laughs> Is there, Come on, breakfast cereal connoisseur. I'm not. That's have you, a strong opinion. Cl- I never claimed this. You had a strong opinion yesterday. I really like cinnamon. <laughs> I really like cinnamon. You should also make room for today's Twitter question, and that is. How would you describe the 2014 BYU schedule in 140 characters or less? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Jeremy, your initial thoughts. How would you describe the new football schedule for BYU? National in scope. A little easier than last year. Uh, still quality games on it. Exciting uh, schedule. Not as good a home slate for BYU. But uh, I think certain years are going to be stronger than others, obviously, in independence. I like it. That was more than 140 characters. Hashtag BYUSN. The overall theme for me is this schedule is exactly what BYU needs. This is, this is exactly what they need this year. After the schedule they played last year in independence, year four, this lines up beautifully for the Cougars to make some national noise. Cosmo, please. BYU Sports Nation airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYUradio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. The show also on demand at BYUradio.org, or listen to the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for a Tuesday edition of What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Mark your calendars. Countdown to Connecticut. 185. Again. Again. (laughs) It got moved back, so we have to wait one more day. Breaking news. The countdown to Connecticut has added one day because the Connecticut game moved from a Thursday to a Friday, which we anticipated would probably happen. We've known this for a little while, but uh, couldn't announce it until yesterday. It's official. And it starts with Connecticut on Friday, August 29th. That is one of the two ESPN games that has been announced thus far. And I put the emphasis on thus far. Some people are like, oh, there's only two ESPN games? This is super early. I don't think we've ever known this early in the schedule release that we're guaranteed to have these games on the mothership. Normally it's media day or after that where we find out anything about television. So the fact that ESPN is declared already August 29th at Connecticut on ESPN and September 11th uh, against Houston on ESPN. 
That's great. And we're, this is not family of networks. This is the mothership. We're anticipating that BYU will probably have nine, maybe ten games on the ESPN family of networks. Five home games for sure. You can count on that. And then road games. I'm thinking Texas is on one. I'm thinking Central Florida has a good shot. Boise State, you can guarantee that will be on it. Uh, and then I, th- I think those two. So up to possibly three more, including Connecticut. So I'm saying up to possibly nine yeah. of the 12, which is fantastic. It depends on who you play. People, people wonder all the time, hey, well, TV rights, how come they're not? Home, ge- home games dictate. The home team dictates that team's conference. In BYU's case, they're the only team in America with its own contract with ESPN. Texas is part of the Big 12, and the Longhorn Network fits into that, but it's not all about what they want to do with whatever. BYU is in the ESPN conference. You, they are. You, you have yes, said that a few times. So wherever the game is played, that conference dictates whether it's on a certain channel or not. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo will join us in 11 minutes. Which football series that he's lined up is he most proud of? Now, BYU football coming to a city near you. I love the diversity in this schedule. Road games in six different states. Games in every single time zone in the continental United States. How many teams can do that? Notre Dame? Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame, definitely. But after that, depends on uh, what your non-conference games are, depending on what region of the country you play in. So it's all over the place. I love it. You mentioned the six road games. Connecticut, Texas, Florida, Idaho, Tennessee, California. Booyah. I wish BYU had a game in the Northwest for all those fans there, but they can go to the Cal game or the Boise State game uh, this year on the road. And those are states. You say Idaho. It's, it's the team in Idaho. Right. It's Boise State. It's not at Idaho. BYU will never play a game at Idaho. No. Or at Idaho State. You can, yeah, don't count on that. <laughs> but I like it. You know what? 2013 was too tough. It was. And it's nice to have a really good challenge, but it yielded an eight-win season. Now, this season is not as tough. Can BYU win 10-plus games? That's really going to be the thing. BYU's got to win 10 games uh, to feel like it was a good season. Maybe 11. I think the overall thought process on this from BYU coaches and personnel Uh, The folks that I have talked to and discussed with, that 10 wins really is the expectation. Yeah, Bronco has told us that on BYU Sports Nation before, no matter who's on the schedule. It's a disappointment. But but to me, last year was nine. You, it was so tough that you just drop, you drop it to nine. Like It's not the same. Not all schedules are created equal. And they had a shot to get that in the bowl game. Yes, they did. Nine would have been a successful season. So to me, the, the... uh, bar is set at ten and a half for this season, where you say really good. Okay, so you you say okay, that- just just good nine and a half, nine wins. You lose four of these games, mm. including a bowl game. Yeah, you throw in a bowl game there, so thirteen. So if you go ten and three in a bowl game, you feel like that's it's on par with where they need that was, to be. That's pretty good. But then you then you're feeling really good if you win eleven or twelve games. Twelve games, fantastic. Eleven would be great. I'll take eleven wins every year. Would eleven every stinking year? Would eleven year, qualify as great wins. in Jerem Jordan's mind? Let's not go there. I don't know. <laughs> it's early. It's early. We don't need to declare this early. Oh, I have to ask that question. Okay, Jerem, your favorite home game? Favorite home game, probably Houston, September eleventh. Uh, that date is obviously of special significance, but yeah, when <laughs> I get. Music playing in my ear from men. I, I don't even know what song you were telling me. I'm guessing it was the Utah State song? fight song. 
What song were Ben? What song were you t- saying? It's the Utah State fight song. Man. The Come Utah on. State See, fight I call, song. I told you, I told you it was the Utah State fight song because that October third on a Friday, Utah State. That, and that's a that's a great matchup. It's a tasty yes, it series. It's the in-state rivalry is that, the one that BYU for you? has. I like Houston for me because of what last happened year's last game. year. And it I, was had, awesome. I had such a crazy experience at Reliance Stadium, and there was so many crazy plays in that game. It was fantastic. So I'm excited to see what John Children of O'Corn, the quarterback for Houston, can come back and do as a sophomore (laughs) with a lot of speed, a lot of talent still coming back for the other Cougars, and do it in Provo. I think that's going to be a great matchup. However, I understand that a lot of people are equally as excited about the in-state rivalry with Utah State because they bring back Chucky Keaton. Yeah. And I I want Virginia to come here and lose by 30. Payback for last yeah, year. Let's just get it done. I asked September Tom Holmo about that. I'm like, so uh, a little bit of a vengeance match. He's like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to go there. We but, will. But then, we will. then he said, it'd be good to get one back. <laughs> of course it would. Payback. Yeah, beat them 52 to nothing. Dominate that team, and they should. Topic two. Free Jimmer. Oh, that shakes free again. Let me tell you something. He was shaking a big athlete in Billy White, yep. and he got shook. And he got shook. I love that call. Best sporting event I've ever been to. BYU San Diego State back in 2011. 11, yeah. The the early months of 2011. Top 10 matchup in the Merritt Center. Okay, so here's the deal. Adrian Wojnarowski, Yahoo Sports NBA expert, releases uh, a small article, and I'm going to read basically the entirety of it because it'll take about 25 seconds. But he said, The Sacramento Kings and guard Jimmy Fredette are finalizing a buyout agreement on his contract. Fredette, the 10th overall pick in the 2011 draft, will be a free agent should he clear NBA waivers. That happens, I believe, 48 hours after all of the transaction takes place. The Kings tried to move Fredette before Thursday's deadline, but were unable to find a destination for him. They were in heavy talks with Denver, but then the Nuggets decided to go with Aaron Brooks. Nevertheless, Jimmer has struggled to find his niche with the Kings. Still, there are expected to be several teams with interest in signing him for the rest of the season. Fredette, 25 today, happy birthday, Jimmer, has averaged just under six points a game for the Kings and seven points a game in his three-year NBA career. There you have it. And before the season, the Kings passed on his option, and so he was going, he's going to become a free agent He knew agent he was regardless. going somewhere. He knew he was going somewhere. This is a dead end. That Jimmer Fredette had to turn into and just stay in until the end of the... What did he do right before the All-Star break? He goes for 24... Against the Knicks. He qualifies statistically to become eligible for three-point field goal shooting. He's... He's number one. He's since dropped out because he hasn't played. Kings are shopping him. They're, they're obviously shopping and him. And now they've benched him the last couple he has of games. He's not played. He's not played a second. A minute. Yeah, a, a second. That's right. Yeah. DNP for Jimmer Fredette I, after 24 at New York. I want this buyout. As a, as a BYU fan, I want this buyout so that Jimmer can go somewhere else. To, could possibly go to a playoff team that needs a shooter. Just before the show, we, we got a, a contradictory uh, perspective from James Ham who is the beat writer of Cowbell the Sacramento Kingdom. Kings, Cowbell Kingdom. He said he's heard no news of the Kings buying out Jimmer Fredette's contract today and doesn't know if he'll be dressed in for tonight's game and in the, li- or in the lineup at all. Right. So there's that. I mean, which way are you going to go? I go with Adrian! Jimmer has uh, played better this season. And 
I don't know who plays defense in the NBA, but that's always brought up with Jimmer for some reason. His but, field goal percentage is, is really good this year. Yes, but what does he do well? He shoots threes well, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 13. Jimmer Fredette has improved his three-point field goal percentage 13% from his rookie season. He is a scorer, but his best assets is three-point shots. So his, his rookie season, he shot 36% from three. Mediocre. 42% last year. He's up to 49% this year. So 13% difference from year one to year three. I'm hoping that the Kings buy him out and then he gets on a team that could use a shooter off the bench. You're telling me there's an NBA team that would that, that needs a shooter that would pass on a shooter? There is a role for Jimmer with the Spurs or the Knicks or the Lakers. I mean, he could be a huge project for Mike D'Antoni and play a lot. Like, he's going to end up on a different team very soon. We'll address this in big deal, no deal later. Whether he makes it on a team by the end of the week. At Rob Danzi says, Jimmer is going to be a Nick. Mark my words. Marked. After That'd he be goes fun. for 24, I mean, and there, there's some news from New York this morning. Raymond Felton, the point guard, has had some law troubles. He might not be playing in the, in the immediate future because of uh, an arrest that happened. So is Jimmer the answer to replace that point guard spot for New York, which is kind of a team that's in disarray? Lakers or Knicks, I think, would be the most fun position for him to be in, I think. And just a big time spotlight on him and New York, of course, that connection. LA would be fun uh, for Matt Hume, one of my production assistants. But would you rather have him on a playoff team as a role player shooter? Yes. Yes. The Knicks and Lakers are not going to be playoff Trust me, I don't like the Lakers, but it'd be fun to see him in a Laker jersey for some reason. I don't know why. Free Jimmer! Topic 3. Cougar Combine! For Bath... It's a 28-yard field goal attempt to win the game. The kick is no good. Somebody got a hand in the middle of the field on it. It was blocked. And the Cougars celebrate another Pioneer Las Vegas Bowl win. It was blocked. That's my favorite part of that. And that somebody was Ethan Manumaleuna, <laughs> who apparently is making a name for himself at the NFL Combine. Now, we have his numbers, but we want to we qualify those numbers uh, by, by saying the, the buzz that he has created. And so we, we searched Ethan's name on Twitter for a bunch of different NFL Combine guys that are watching this closely, and we found some really nice things that were said about Ethan. First of all, Ethan, from this from Thomas Melton Scouting, this guy has over 10,000 followers on Twitter. Manu Maleona shows he can control an offensive line at the line of scrimmage. Watch the play unfold, then shed the block and make the play regularly. Love his motor, too. At Emery Hunt, or at F-Ball Game Plan, Manu Maleona was an underrated piece to BYU defensively. His return this year was huge. And then at Brent Sobleski, Another notable guy. I will remind that people that Manu Maleuna started over Ansa Ziggy last year before a knee injury, and he deserved to. I think Ethan has now put himself in serious draft conversations. I think he'll go late. I think Ethan will go late because of his performance at the Combine. That's what it can do. It can get guys that are not noticed, noticed. And he was an under-the-radar guy from the get-go. 
It's interesting because he's, uh, I wouldn't call him a dominant defensive tackle, but what he did well is he was very quick to where he could hold up uh, a, a block, being blocked, but then make a tackle by his quickness. And I think he showed that in some of these drills. That's where these drills have some value is. You can show different kinds of of skills. And his quickness, I wouldn't call him fast, but his quickness is solid for a defensive tackle to where, like you said, hopefully he gets drafted at the, the end of the draft, a, a five through seven round guy. So rather than going through his numbers, although I will say this, he has a half inch higher vertical than one Cody Hoffman. Surprising. Which is very surprising. Ethan's 300 pounds. Kyle Van Noy's numbers, eh. I think Kyle's kind of just settled into the fact that he's going to be drafted late first round, early second round. I don't know if he helped himself. I don't think I don't think he really hurt himself. I think people know what they're going to get with Kyle Van Noy, and he's still going to go regardless. Ethan has made the biggest move for any BYU player, in my opinion. Daniel Sorensen is going today. We just saw him run his first 40. 472 the first time, 469 uh, the second time, I believe. Yep. So there we go. That's what's happening at the Combine. We'll keep you updated as we hear more things. But we are certainly uh, glad to hear that Ethan is getting some much-deserved publicity. Very quickly, let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. How would you describe the 2014 BYU schedule in 140 characters or less? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At sports underscore blue. Pulchritudinous. <laughs> Which we discussed yesterday. We know what that word means now. Pulchritudinous means beautiful or comely. That came from at Kid Quasar yesterday uh, in a separate Twitter question. That's funny. Well played at sports underscore blue. Which football scheduling series is Tom Homo most proud of? And what about bowl game situations for the Cougars? We'll ask him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Nate Austin and the BYU basketball team rolling right now in second place in the West Coast Conference and the third-to-last team in, according to the Bracket Matrix. Bracket Matrix. Just win, baby. You'll get in. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio 2. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Starting next week, believe it, March 6th, from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, BYU Sports Nation will be simulcast from the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament on BYU Radio and BYU Television at the same time each day, noon Eastern. See what you've been hearing. Celebrate good times. Come on. If you've watched Mike and Mike, that's sort of the feel that you're going to get with BYU Sports Nation on TV and radio. Yeah, we're stoked. I mean, that, that's, we're, that's downplaying I'm it. trying to put on some weight <laughs> to take on the role of Mike Golick. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I've been eating a lot of donuts, dude. Really? No. <laughs> Lots of cinnamon life. That'll, that'll put the weight on, won't it? I haven't had cinnamon life in a while. How would you describe the 2014 BYU football schedule in 140 characters or less? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Now joining us, Tom Holmo, the athletic director of BYU. Tom, I asked you on True Blue yesterday about your blood pressure. You said it was good because of the lack of last-minute changes to the football schedule. Are you still feeling good today? Yeah, I feel all right today. There actually probably will be a couple changes. We don't know of exactly, but there's just a couple games that look and feel to me that they'll move off of the Saturday and go on to maybe a Thursday or Friday. You open with 
Connecticut. It's an ESPN game, one of two announced ESPN games. Uh, taking a, the, the Cougars to a place they, they've never been, Rensselaer Field in East Hartford. Why do you like that game? Well, it, one of the things that we wanted to do when we went independent was be able to travel around the country. And UConn was a team when we first started talking to them that had been in a BCS game and and they had were really playing great ball in the Big East. And things have changed. And last year they didn't play that well. But to be able to go back, and we have a number of people uh, in the Northeast region that we haven't been to. You know, people say Pitt and Syracuse, where we've been back there in the past, but this is an original Connecticut. It should be fun. Steve Young was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and we mentioned that uh, we, we joke, jokingly, well, no, it's serious. We count down to Connecticut each, each day on the show. And so now that, that number has reset. That affects us in a great way, which we're excited about. But Steve <laughs> Young mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we did this countdown, he didn't know BYU was playing at Connecticut. He said, Tom normally lets me know these things. When are you going to tell Steve that BYU is at Connecticut? Yeah, I always check first with Bronco, then with Steve before we con- <laughs> contract a game. But, uh, you know, he, he'll he be busy. He'll be, I don't know if he'll be able to make it there. Most, I think, you know, his mom and dad are back out here in Utah now. So the Greenwich kid will have some memories. And, you know, he might come out if he has a, an East Coast game that weekend. It's Tom Homo on BYU Sports Nation, BYU Athletic Director. A Friday game at Connecticut. It was initially discussed maybe being played on a Thursday, but that's a game that moved. ESPN picked it up. Then you go to Texas on Saturday, September 6th, where Taysom Hill is public enemy number one in Austin. What kind of a response do you expect from the Texas fan base? Not friendly. <laughs> It'll be interesting. They changed their coaching staff, and it's a big change in Texas, and football is king down there. So I would expect everything and the kitchen sink to be thrown at us. It'll be a big game for us. The second game of the season, if we have success on the road against Connecticut, this is a, a kind of a, a telltale sign of how that goes. We can jump off from that second game with a big win down in Austin, and who knows where we go from there. So we're looking. That's what we're aiming for, a big game down in Austin. This season uh, at the beginning was go fast, go hard. How's this going to work? Who's doing what? There was sort of a, a growing uh, a transition time. And game two ended up being Texas, where BYU just exploded. Uh, How much faster, not literally, do you expect the offense uh, to get it at the beginning of this season? I think that they'll pick up the offense a lot more. You'll have another spring ball to go through, another fall camp to go through. You have a quarterback in Taysom and a lot of offensive players that are familiar with the offense, where now they'll be able to uh, be be able to come out and act like they know what they're doing. It was interesting. Early in the season, we had come su- some starts and stops because sometimes they looked like they got it and other times they didn't. I think the running game was kind of always there. There were a couple games where we got stalled against some really good teams. Notre Dame and Wisconsin stalled us a couple times. But it seemed like we just needed to be able to throw the ball more effectively in every game. And though Taysom had some big games, I believe that he's going to have a, a better understanding of the offense. He'll, have a, he'll feel better about the particular throws. Uh, this was a totally different offense, and some of the throws that he needed to make, he had never made. Uh, previous, so I, I, I expect more out of after out of Tyson Taysom even after having a really pretty good year. Taysom Hill ranked number fifteen in the Sporting News top twenty-five college football players. Do you, do you feel like that's where he deserves to be after the sophomore campaign? Oh, absolutely, and, and you know that's basically for what he's done on the field. And for me, I get a chance to see Taysom off the field and what he does in the locker room and what he does in the classroom around the team. He is the leader of that team, and 
just to see his development off the field has been remarkable. On the field, everybody gets to see that. They see him improving, improving. But this kid wants it bad. He doesn't just want to be the number 15. He wants to be number one. Absolutely. You have Houston at home for the home opener at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, another ESPN game on Thursday, September 11th. Last year, this was a wild game. I'm guessing that's why ESPN said, hey, we'll, we'll do that one. It's for certain. I think going down there, they had a really good quarterback and some receivers that could really run and fly. And we didn't really know how good they were going to be. But when you get them on Reliance Stadium, that's a big-time opportunity for them to play. Their, their stadium was being renovated, and they needed to play in the uh, Houston Texans Stadium. And that just got them really excited to play all year. And they've had a very fine year. We went down and stole one at the end. I think it was a great game for us to be able to show that when really pressure mounted, we had a few players that could come up big. And that was one, that might have been one of the most fun games that I've been involved with in a long time. Yeah, a shootout. That was a ton of fun. BYU Athletic Director Tom Hommel is on BYU Sports Nation. Virginia comes in Saturday, September 20th. That's going to be a game that a lot of Cougar fans will be anxious to win. We need that one. We went down to open the season and left with a sour taste in our mouth because we didn't play well. Regardless of uh, being the first game or being the first time our offense had gone together, we expected more out of our team, and they just didn't play well. Uh, under the sun, you know, bright lights and rain and whatever it was, Lightning it, it, it just thunder. did not come together. So uh, this is a game that they want to go play against Virginia and say, hey, we, we, we owe you more. We, we didn't show you all we had last time. A bye week on September 27th. Then the in-state foe, which I'm really enjoying this matchup as of late, against Utah State on October 3rd. I like that game a lot. Uh, we're going to keep playing that one. Utah State, the Aggies have been uh, very good about scheduling. We've been able to move games around a little bit to accommodate kind of both schools. I think the Mountain West Conference has been super in allowing us to move some games to uh, fit into our schedule and also give Mountain West Conference schools an opportunity to be on ESPN. So it's, uh, it's uh, good for both, both teams, and this game, just, you just hold your breath. You know, it's, it's, it's not like the Utah game, but similar. It's similar. There's way more intensity that surrounds that Utah game, but this is another in-state rivalry. It kind of seems like Miami – Florida State and the University of Florida. You got three teams in the mix. Okay, yeah. And it's more than just two. And that's what I'm seeing with that Utah State game. The fans are legit. For sure. And it's better when Utah State's good. It, it's, a, it's a better game, it's more competitive, and it's more relevant. And they're good. And they, I, I think that uh, it showed Coach Wells took over for Coach Anderson last year. And I, I don't really think they missed a beat. It was hard when Chucky got hurt, to, to, but they finished off the season very strong and and you know, I, I like that team. I like their coach, and I like everything about them. Yeah, a team that won a bowl game. The halfway point, game number six, is Central Florida, a game in Orlando, Florida, on October 11th. What's the the Cougar contingent like down uh, in in Florida, and, and why did you want that game? Well, it, Central Florida is a very good team. Once again, this is a team that went to a BCS game last year. Luckily, they, have, they graduated. Some the of the best, best players, Blake Bortles, Storm Johnson. Yeah, I mean, those guys are going to be high-round draft choices, but they're still good. You know, playing this team, obviously without their quarterback, they'll have to find someone else, but the quarterback before Bortles was good. So I don't think they're going to have any trouble being from the state of Florida down in the, in the south, coming up with somebody that can run that offense. They'll be good. Is that a Disney World trip for you? 
Uh, I doubt that I will go to Disney World on that trip. Uh, it might be a legacy trip for one, one of our donor groups. And if that's the case, I might make it over to Main Street. But I, I don't know if I'll have time to go on any rides. <laughs> okay, because I would like to make it down to that game and go to Disney World. Uh, Saturday, for the record. <laughs> Saturday, October 18th, Nevada in town. Colin Kaepernick, uh, quarterback the Wolfpack the last time they were in Provo. Well, the last time they were in Provo... They looked like the 49ers. They tore us up. <laughs> and uh, we, got, we got them last year, but we didn't play very well last year in Nevada. We had to have a second-half rally. Uh, Jamal in the running game had to get going. Taysom stepped up again. But uh, I think that this game, being a regional opponent, um, when we were in Nevada last year, there was a large number of BYU fans at the game. They seemed to like that. They liked that trip. And this could be a game that we would schedule a little bit more down the road. Another Mountain West Conference foe comes in on Saturday, October 25th, Boise State, which is developing into a nice little regional rivalry. You played this game on a Thursday and a Friday before. Now it's scheduled for Saturday. What about the Broncos, uh, this, this tenure series, do you like the most? Well, they're, they've established themselves as one of the best teams in the West, and you can count any conference. They have been to BCS games and won. They've won conference championships like they're just clicking them off. And now that they're in the Mountain West Conference, they're going to be, you know, the class of that conference. They'll be up at the top. I can't say if they're going to win every year, but they'll be at the top every year. And uh, to be able to have them in our region, to be able to play them every year for 10 years, I like it. They're going to be good for years. We're going to be good for years. There might be a few ups and downs, but it'll always be a pretty good game. Of all the series that BYU has scheduled, that's my favorite, is Boise State. I like Notre Dame, but I'm still waiting to see them in Provo. And hopefully that still happens. By the way, where, where is BYU at with Notre Dame right now? We're, we're talking with Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, it was fortunate of us, fortunate for us to be able to get them on the schedule. But they do owe us games in Provo. And so we're, we're going to make that happen. That's going to happen. It's just a matter of when the best time is. Uh, when we scheduled those games, we scheduled a series of games mm-hmm. and really didn't announce the dates. We did that on purpose. Four road, we, two home. We knew we were going to be flexible on that. So that's where we are right now. Um, in talking with Jack Swarbrick, their athletic director, we'll work it out. And uh, I feel good about that. Uh, the game might not be in the next year or two in uh, – in Provo, but we'll make it. They want to make good on their promise, and they'll be out. So I loved. I, I love the Boise State series. What's the one that you've liked the most that you've scheduled? Um, I, I think I'm besides Savannah State. Yeah, I'm going to say I, I'm kind of say Utah State. Okay, there, there was a possibility that we wouldn't play that game to make it a series like that. Wow! And to see how um, supportive Utah State has been to be able to um, move games and play them on non-Saturdays, and play them later in the year, and their flexibility, because they see in the game the same thing that we do. Mm-hmm. So I think that that game means a lot to our fans. It means a lot to their fans. And it would have been a shame if it would have been interrupted. And there was a possibility that could have come to that. But uh, I'm grateful to Scott Barnes, their AD, and their coaches and administration to say, let's make this happen. And if we have to show some flexibility, let's do it. So there was give and take. And it happened, so that's probably my favorite. The November stretch begins at Middle Tennessee. Have you ever been to Murfreesboro, Tennessee? No, but one of my teammates with the 49ers, Don Griffin, was a cornerback for <laughs> nice. the, Blue, the Blue Raiders. <laughs> Blue Raiders. And uh, this is a team that when Bronco and I look at games, you know, you can schedule 
Wisconsin, Notre Dame, USC, Stanford. You can schedule the big name games, Michigan, but pretty soon you got to stop after three or four or five because you can't play 12 games against the best teams in the country. So as you look around, you want to play teams that are going to be representative of good college football. They're going to play a different style. They're going to be athletic. They're going to show us something. I think when Middle Tennessee came to Provo last year, uh, they didn't play great against us. They played much better throughout the rest of the year and went to a bowl game. So this is a game against a team that I feel is going to be very athletic. Our people better hang on because that will be a wild and woolly one down in Murfreesboro. UNLV, November 15th, Savannah State, November 22nd is the final home game, and then the schedule wraps up at Cal, November 29th, one of personal significance to you. Well, Cal was a great opportunity. It didn't really have anything to do with me. It was a Pac-12 initiative where they needed some games, and we were able as an independent to come in and give them games late in the season that could help balance their conference schedule. And that includes USC and Stanford? And Stanford, that's right, because when teams come in to play, when Notre Dame comes in, and it's a great tradition for the teams in the Pac-12 that play Notre Dame, Stanford, and USC, that on those weekends, their opponents either have to have a bye or play another game. So instead of having a bye late in the season, Cal could play us. And that worked out good for them and for us. Understanding the fluidity of scheduling, do you anticipate that um, any or, or if, if any of these games will move to a different day? I think that I would say I'd be shocked if some of these games don't move to a different day. The weekends are set for sure, sure, but moving, I could see one or two of them maybe move from a Saturday to a Thursday or Friday. They're just, they're meant for TV games and it's going to happen. Looking forward uh, in independence, is the future of BYU football schedules more like the 2014 or more like the 2013, which is a little bit uh, at bigger names? I guess I'd say yes and yes. Okay, <laughs> it's very difficult. Thanks, Tom. When you play a th- when you schedule a 13 that you just described as being tougher, it's really hard sometimes to get the return game the next year. Mm-hmm. So what happens is we play uh, a team like uh, Notre Dame. And then you might not play them the next year, so you don't get that real perfect home-and-home balance. And even with teams like Georgia Tech and uh, Nevada, we didn't. it's been a while since we returned those games. So um, sometimes like I think 15 is shaping up to be a, a real good schedule. A 16 looks pretty good. 17 might be down a little bit because you can't really – get that perfect balance of home, home, home and home, and you might have to put some into a year where you pack them in, and then you got to get return games somewhere. So if you can't get Wisconsin to come back the next year, you got to find a place. Someone's got to play that next year, and that's where it gets a little squirmy. Is your biggest fear to schedule too tough in a season that it's— Yeah, I think so. I mean, I would say the biggest fear is too tough or too weak. Mm. And, you know, you just you don't really know exactly how it's going to turn out. For example, UConn. UConn this year, I, th- I think they were three and nine, three and nine. And, and they were in a BCS game two years ago. So you really don't know exactly where those teams are going to be. And you, you, I think you can when you schedule a team like Michigan or Wisconsin or Notre Dame. Or for that matter, Boise. I think those are teams that we can schedule where you can be solid that they're going to be good. 
even if they're down a little bit, it's a big name. But then other teams can surprise you and be better than you thought they'd be, or maybe not quite as good as you thought they'd Houston be. Houston was that team. They Absolutely. were a two or three win Just team last year. Yep. A buzzword across BYU Sports Nation is bowl game. It was the Poinsettia Bowl in 2012, the Fight Hunger Bowl in 2013. Where are you with bowl game preparations for 2014? We've been working diligently on that. It's very interesting because when we, when we went independent, we had this long conversation with ESPN about bowl games. What are we going to do? We don't have a conference affiliates or tie-ins. And so we have agreements with them about certain bowl games. But this was a year coming in where we weren't uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. And we were kind of going to be like a free agent. But then we had an opportunity to make a change and, and get into a bowl. We figured that it would be best for uh, ESPN and for BYU. And so at the 11th hour, we went down that trail. And I like it. I like what it's going to be, but it's just not completed. And, and as you know, my policy on games is I don't talk about the games, regular season, or bowl until they are contracted. That's why we had a pretty good game set up for the slot where we're playing Savannah State this year. And I held it and held it and held it because it was late in November, and it was going to be a good game. And in the end... I waited too long. They backed out. It wasn't contracted, but I always knew that plan B would be to be able to play uh, an FCS team, and that's how we ended up with Savannah. BYU basketball has won 7 of 8. How are you feeling about the Cougar Cougar Hoopsters' chances of winning in Vegas? Well, I'm, I'm more concerned about this Saturday. This is a huge game for BYU to go down, play the Toreros in San Diego. If we finish off with a win in that game, then I'll feel really good about the chances of going into that tournament. I've said all along, as you guys have watched these games and called the games, every you better watch every game, <laughs> every this, second this, of every in game. this tournament because there's going to be shocking upsets. Knock on this wood. I just hope it's not the Cougars because every team that we played this year, I'm like, wow. They are vastly improved. You see the games that we lost. Uh, I mean, I, we didn't play great in those games, but you got to give credit to the improvement of some of the teams from the WCC from last year. Yes, this is a much improved conference. Parity runs rampant. We're looking forward to the West Coast Conference Tournament. We thank you for your time, Tom. Appreciate you being with us. We'll see you in Vegas, boys. How would you describe the 2014 BYU football schedule in 140 characters or less? Keep your answers coming. Hashtag BYUSN. Also, what's the chance BYU wins 10 or more football games this season? We'll tell you what we think next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Taysom Hill is public enemy number one in Austin. What kind of a response do you expect from the Texas fan base? Not friendly. (laughs) It'll be interesting. They changed their coaching staff, and it's a big change in Texas, and football is king down there. So I would expect everything and the kitchen sink to be thrown at us. This is a, a kind of a... A telltale sign of how that goes. We can jump off from that second game with a big win down in Austin, and who knows where we go from there. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo just joined us on BYU Sports Nation, breaking down the 2014 football schedule, scoping the foes, if you will. Welcome back scoping to BYU Sports I like Nation. That. You like that? Yeah. We'll keep that one. You're listening to BYU Radio with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You can watch us starting next week. Heck yes. We'll be in the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas at the WCC Basketball Tournament. BYU Sports Nation simulcast begins that day, March 6th, on BYU Radio 
and now on BYU TV. See what you've been hearing. I can't believe I just said that. Next week. We're going to, we're going to next, be in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Next week. Next week, baby. <laughs> Mar- March is upon us. Next, next Thursday. Next Thursday, the simulcast begins in Vegas. The 6th, 7th, 10th, 11th. I love that Tom Homo ended his interview with us by See saying, See you in Vegas. See you in Vegas, boys. Yeah. Yes, you will. And Dave Odom said, go Cougars. <laughs> we still need to discuss the potential of going to the Maui Invitational. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which is the same week as the uh, game at California in yeah. football. So, eh, not going to happen. Super, super uh, not busy time. Yep. Not, not a lot going on here. <laughs> Recapping some of your top stories and headlines, Jimmer Fredette expected to have his contract bought out by the Sacramento Kings. That, according to Yahoo Sports, it would make him a free agent very soon. BYU football releases their schedule. We've tweeted out a ton of that stuff at BYU Sports Nation, including uh, some of the top comments from Tom Holmo and Cougars in the NFL Combine. Ethan Manu Malayuna making a name for himself. Daniel Sorensen participating today. We haven't done this in a while, and I'm glad we're bringing this segment back. Five topics. Jeremy and I get mathematical. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Yeah, I like that tune. How do you feel about it, Jerem? Hey, Mikey, he likes it. <laughs> All right, let's play What's the Chance? We throw out five topics, and Jerem and I will give a percent chance, we feel, uh, in terms of the likelihood of this thing happening or, or not happening. Let's go number one. BYU football will win 10 or more games this season. 65% chance they won eight games with a more difficult schedule in the first year of a brand new offense, a makeshift offensive line. The team is now one year better. They're faster after recruiting day. This is an easier schedule. I think BYU has a great shot to win 10 or more. I'm leaning towards, I'd say, 65% winning 11 games. 70.3%. I see challenges at Texas, Houston possibly at home, Utah State maybe at Central Florida, at Boise State. So there's a couple on there that are challenging. But there's, it's not what it was in 2013. 70.3% to win 10+. plus. Number two, what's the chance? BYU goes unbeaten at home this season. 90%. Woo! Houston and Utah State present, in my mind, the only viable threats. BYU is going to roll through Virginia, Savannah State, UNLV. They will beat Nevada. The, the games you worry about are Houston and Utah State, but I think that BYU, because of what they did against the Aggies and Logan last year, they have a mental advantage on that team. They kind of own the rivalry right now. Uh, Houston is, is the question mark, but I say 90% BYU is undefeated at home next year. 87.4%. Where do you H- get these point fours and point My threes? brain. Houston is on a Thursday. That's a short week after playing at Texas. That is a dangerous game. Virginia beat BYU in 2013. They, they're going to come in confident, but I see BYU rolling fools. Taysom Hill, 400 yards rushing probably in that one. 400 then, yards yep, rushing. Exactly, exactly. And then Utah State on a Friday night. That's going to be a battle. Those have been some good games. Chucky Keaton got hurt. BYU exploited that and had a great game on offense. That's going to be a heck of a game. Number three, what's the chance? BYU starts the season 2-0 and on the road. 50%. Texas is an absolute beast of a game. Connecticut is Virginia of last year. 
That so there's no there's no guarantee. Like and Texas is the Texas of last year. Yes, the second game, but, but better, and it's in Austin where Taysom Hill is going to be public enemy number one, which we discussed with Tom Holmo. It's going to be. Longhorn fans out for blood against BYU next year after they got their defensive coordinator fired. 550 yards of total offense, 259 rushing from Taysom Hill. Yeah, 550 rushing. That's Yeah, 550 rushing. rushing. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 679 or whatever total yards. So BYU, that, that's a tough that's a tough game. It's their toughest game on the schedule at Texas. I say 50%. If they can get through that one and they're 2-0, they are ranked in the top 20. Mark my words. 62.6%. It's going to be a tough game in Austin. A Jay Keeps-led team lost by a point in a game where BYU was never really in it. They led at halftime but couldn't close the deal. Charlie Strong scares the heck out of me as Texas head coach. And so I see BYU beating Connecticut, and then I see maybe a close game at Texas that BYU could pull off the upset. BYU was leading that game 16-3 to late and somehow lost 17-16. Ugh, that one still hurts. Number four, what's the chance? Jimmer Fredette gets a buyout and picked and picked up by another team by the end of this week. Seventy-five percent. Adrian Wojnarowski speaks Adrian! the truth. He does. He he is the source in the NBA when it comes to trades and buyout deals and all that stuff. He breaks a ton of news. Very reputable guy. If he says the Kings are close to a deal to buy out Jimmer Fredette, they're close. And if it happens tomorrow, that means 48 hours after it goes through and he is cleared and on waivers, there's going to be some team that needs a shooter, that needs to fill a spot with a guy that they know won't cause them problems and will be an immediate offensive contributor. There is a place for Jimmer Fredette. I say 75%. By the end of this week, he is on another NBA roster. 98.7%. I think oh, you that, think it'll be that fast? I think that Jimmer will be picked up by the end of the week. Wow, okay. So it's going to be Thursday night, Friday, or Saturday, depending on when they finish tonight. So, I mean, there's a chance he could slide to Sunday or Monday, but which would make us both wrong, but I say there's now, a now great we, chance. Now, week could be a relative term with me here. The Who end knows? of this week. <laughs> <laughs> Number Wait, five. Is, is Sunday the first or last day? <laughs> Number five, what's the chance? BYU Hoops wins the WCC tournament. I say... 51%. That's it? They have beat every team in conference. They have also lost to Loyola Marymount, Pepperdine, Pacific. I thought I was the only one that pointed Portland. that out on this show. Okay. They have lost. <laughs> they, they have beat every team, and they have lost to four teams. And it's on a neutral court, and there's all sorts of parity in this conference this year. Way more than there has been in the past in the West Coast Conference. It's been dominated by Gonzaga. Gonzaga just lost... To San Diego. They've lost to Portland. They beat Santa Clara by one. Like, any team can lose in that tournament. BYU, and any team can win. BYU hasn't won a conference tournament in 12 years. I say 51%. 71.3% spender. Look at you, the optimist. B- I am an optimist. BYU is playing really good basketball right now. St. Mary's, Gonzaga, San Francisco. BYU's 5-1 against the good team. So if BYU can get through the quarterfinal, now they're playing those teams that they've played well against. 5-1 against San Francisco, St. Mary's, Gonzaga. I really like BYU's chances in Vegas playing basketball at the right time. And like I said several weeks ago, I have this weird feeling that this is the year where BYU wins the conference tournament. What's the chance Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton play catch with a baseball and might include Ben Bagley later today? 180%. Yes! It's so nice in Utah in February. We're playing baseball. Pitchers and catchers report. That includes us. Yes, it does. You know what time it is? Time to whip! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
women's basketball. The karma is alive and well with Kim Beeston. After making nine threes against LMU on Saturday, tying a BYU record, Beeston was named College Sports Madness West Coast Women's Basketball Player of the Week. That's a mouthful. Golf. The BYU men's golf team is in action at the Jones Invitational at the Satakoy Country Club in Somos, California. BYU tied for fourth after the first day. And I just lost my place. Oh, there we go. Jordan Rogers, the top Cougar golfer at two over par and in fifth place. Read the Gymnastics. news. In a rare Monday night contest, the gymnastics team scored a 195.525 at Southern Utah down in Cedar. The Cougars will compete in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Friday versus Michigan and Kent State. Baseball. The Cougars on the diamond fell again 4-2 at Texas Tech yesterday. In Lubbock, BYU now 1-8 on the season. They host Seattle in St. George, Utah, technically their first home games Thursday through Saturday. Tomorrow on the show, Eric Galco, we've had him on before from Optimum Scouting. He's at the Combine. He'll give us a report on all five Cougars as things wrap up today in Indianapolis. Thus far, Ethan Manu Maleuna has stolen the thunder of the under-the-radar BYU players. Daniel Sorensen still early in his day. We'll have a full update. Again, Eric Galco joining us from Optimum Scouting and Indianapolis. Who gets our rise and shout today? I want to go with Jimmer because something's happening with him to get him out of that black hole that is known as the Sacramento Kings. Hashtag free Jimmer. Hashtag happy birthday Jimmer. And happy birthday Jimmer. That's exactly right. How would you describe the 2014 BYU schedule in 140 characters? Unless we're talking football. You've got tweets. At Taylor Curse, if we get solid O-line play this season, we should be a top 15 team by the end of the season with this schedule. That's, no, that's ambitious. It's not impossible, though. Like it's, you, you can only have one loss to be top 15. That, that could happen. Yes, it that's, could. This is the schedule that that could happen. Where's the loss? At Bryant Beans, streaky and traditionless. Maybe a reference to Utah. Not seeing Utah on the schedule is strange. It is really weird not seeing Utah on the schedule. Absolutely. At UCLA Grad 90, this is Jamal Williams' mother. Uh, Nicole, diverse like our team, great road trips. I will have seen about 20 different stadiums. Independence! That's awesome. That really is cool. Coming to a city near you. Beats New Mexico and Wyoming and Colorado State. At Sports underscore Blue, 2014 schedule. Not as good as last year, but still stronger than I anticipated when we became independent. I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's just what it needs to be after last year. Yes, and I'm glad it's not as strong as 2013. I want more winnable games. Thanks to Tom Holmo and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation for show links and much more. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at BYURadio.org. Jerem says, eat cinnamon life. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. You've just listened to BYU Sports Nation.